If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of datitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to everybody elsewhere who are just as thrilled as I am that the start of school is just a couple days away. For some of you, it's already started. And for you, we salute you. Hello, everybody. I'm Jim Derry, sports betting writer. At the Times Picayune, the advocate and bet.nola.com. And this is Datitude, episode number 82 for a Friday, August, our first show in August. August the 5th, 2022. It is officially preseason. How exciting is that? Did anybody watch that game last night? Um, I'm not really sure what you would say was exciting about it. Um, There were very few starters on the field for the Raiders and Jaguars. There were... Very few great plays. It was a blowout. Um, The only interesting thing, two semi-interesting things, I guess number one would be all the Hall of Famers they had on talking like they do every year for the Hall of Fame game and hearing from some of them. Um, You got to be happy for the family of Sam Mills, who Sam Mills going in, another saint, into the Hall of Fame. And I don't even know. Is he going in as a saint or a panther? I'm not sure. Um, Regardless, a saint is going in there. Um, I thought uh, Leroy Butler was was an interesting interview. Um, I I probably paid attention more to the interviews than I did to the actual game. Dick Vermeil. Good interview. Happy for those guys. and uh, But other than that, I mean, this is kind of, you know, they talk about baseball and how these are the dog days of summer. Uh, yeah. It's the same thing for football. I mean, there is no such thing in football. You don't get through, you don't have dog days of, of fall. I mean, once football gets started, you're thrilled and it's rolling and you're going and blah, blah, blah. I mean, you're just super excited. But for baseball, I mean, when you got a 162-game season, there certainly is a lull in the action, and you're kind of looking forward to, to the real playoff chase. Because we're not, in baseball, you're not in the playoff chase yet. Or if you're like me and you're a Cubs fan, the playoff chase ended like three months ago. So there's not much to be, I'm, I just couldn't get, you know, this, this might be, this is the first time in, I think, since I was a kid, that I just haven't got into baseball at all. I know a lot of a lot of fans in New Orleans. There's a lot of you listening out there that you don't care about baseball one way or the other. I, I get it, I guess. Um, I've always been a huge baseball fan. I've always I've always said baseball is my favorite sport. But for some unknown reason, and it's not just because my team stunk, because the Cubs have stunk many a season, and I've watched, you know, at least every other game. I mean, I can tell you that this year, I don't know that I've watched 
any baseball game from start to finish this season. And that is super odd. Um, I, I'm just not sure what it is. Uh, maybe because I got into basketball way more than I've gotten um, in many, many years this year. And that kind of took away and um, actually spent a lot of time at home with, you know, this is my first summer working solely at home, I think ever. Um, you know, last year at this time, I was still writing high school stories, uh, getting ready for the, the big preview section. Um, and it's the first, the first summer that I've spent solely doing what I'm doing now, um, I think ever. I mean, even before when I was doing all the shows and everything and covering the Saints and I was doing other things at the same time. So it's, it's just been, it's been a weird summer. And I'm kind of glad it's over for multiple reasons. I mean, look, you know, you're, you're excited because the Saints are going to be playing a preseason game against the Texans a week from tomorrow, Saturday. I mean, some of you listen to this over the weekend, so I can't say tomorrow. So a week from Saturday, August 13th, Saints at Texans. And, um, you know, a lot of you get thrilled about preseason because football is back. I just, I can't get, you know, so does that mean I'm not excited about anything? I'm not excited about preseason football. I'm not excited about baseball. What am I excited about? The kids going back to school. That's what excites me. I mean, come on. So we're looking forward to that. That, uh, that starts on Monday. Um, and then you kind of feel like you're really in, you, you know, you're really in it. And I've noticed that this week, I'm like, time moves, the older, and people say this, this is true. I mean, the older you get now that I'm in my 50s, I mean, time, like, super fast. I mean, it, it's, I swear, this morning making my coffee, I felt like Monday just ended. I mean, like, we just had a weekend. It, it's Friday, and I mean, doing all these NFL team previews. Days roll into the next one, but it's been crazy. Um, we're glad you're with us. Doug Mouton of WWL-TV, sports director, is going to join us this morning, our good friend, as he has several times in the past. And we're going to talk all about the Saints. So you got through my six, seven minutes of monologue. Give yourself a pat on the back. You deserve it. New Orleans Saints. I mean, and that's another thing about this time of camp. There's really not a ton going on, and you want it that way. Because really... What would we be talking about the week before the first preseason game? You don't want to talk about injuries. You hope you don't have any. And knock on wood, they really don't have a ton. So, really, there's not a whole lot to talk about when you talk about what's been going on. The things we will talk about this morning, I was interested in Rod Walker's column about Terran Matthew. I almost asked Rod to jump on for a minute, but we're trying to keep these preseason shows short. Um... And he talked about how you know, the headline says, Teran Matthew, grateful for teammates' support while away from Saints camp. And I had multiple people, multiple people, more, more than five, come up and ask me either last weekend or last week at some point, oh, I'm hearing Honey Badger's not coming back. He, he's got personal issues not playing like he's playing 
And then I will say this, for a very brief time, maybe, I don't know, Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday, came back on uh, Thursday, I believe. I'm like, maybe there is something to this. He's not, you know, this is day four, this is now day five. He's gone, missed six days of camp. You start wondering, maybe there is something up, because that's very unusual. Even if someone has a personal matter, no matter what it is, um, they're not usually gone for more than a few days, and especially to start camp. So that was a little concerning. Talk about that with Doug Mouton in a little bit. But um, so, but I, I think if he weren't going to play, we would have heard we would have heard something more than. And, and none of my media friends were talking about it really. I don't think anyone in the, in my circle of peeps uh, thought it was that big of a deal. I think it would have heard more. But anyway, he's back. It doesn't matter. Um, he didn't really talk about it all that much. He just talked about how his, uh, his teammates were very supportive. He, he singled out Demario Davis, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, um, all veterans, not a surprise, the bigger names on the team. Uh, Jarvis Landry, obviously, he's known for a long time. They were teammates. <clears throat> so he's back. You don't have anything to worry about there. I am also going to talk about with, with Doug, um, Trevor Penning. And last week we joked with Jeff Duncan, and he said the over-under on Trevor Penning getting in a fight was a week. Any of the under. I kind of laughed, and, you know, I said, yeah, whatever. I mean, the under overwhelmingly won. He's already gotten two fights, and he's getting in trouble. Is that good or bad? I, I don't know. I mean... Do we have another Kyle Turley on our hands? I mean, that's what it's looking like. Except Kyle Turley was kind of pleasant at times. It seems like Trevor Benning's just a dick. I mean, I, is that good? I mean, I guess you want a mean left tackle. So as long as he can block, I think it's great. If he, if he sucks, then you're getting yourself in trouble and you suck. So... <laughs> All right, Rook, calm down. Uh, it's kind of funny, at least right now. Now, if he does something stupid in a game and gets us in trouble and costs us 15 yards at the wrong time, then that's not going to be funny then. But right now, it's camp and it's funny. But you got to bring attitude to the game, again, especially if you're a left tackle. So, don't, if you're listening, kudos, you nailed it. Over under, you had the under a week. Trevor Penning fighting. Will that continue? Who knows? And then another piece that we'll be talking about when it comes to the Saints. Um, two more, really. Uh, Paulson Adebo is by far the most talked talked about name in Saints camp so far, which is a great thing, and it's because he's being talked about in such a positive light, saying that. I mean, it's only a week of camp, so you can't get too fired up. But they say just in the first week of camp that Paulson Adebo has stood out more than any other player. And for a second-year player to come in and be talked about already like that, it, that's a great sign. So we'll be talking about Paulson Adebo. And, I mean, what does that say? Does it say more about how much maybe Jameis and the quarterbacks are struggling? Thus far, well, I'd say no because you're not talking about a ton of the other defensive players. 
So good job, Paulson Adebo. And then lastly, um, and it may not be in this order. I've not talked to Doug yet as, as I record this monologue. Um, we're going to talk about the return of Kiko Alonso. It's, it's interesting because my son was, and I, I'm, I'm sure he's not the only one that felt this way. I, I mean, there are people, there are Saints fans that are pissed off because if you can sign Kiko Alonso to come in, he hasn't played in two years, then why couldn't you just brought Quan back? And there are multiple reasons. I, I know that a lot of Saints fans are thinking this. Um, I had a, a good friend who knows a ton last week asking me what I thought about Quan. And I'm, it, it, look, you, you, he, the fact is, you were paying Quan Alexander an average of eight to nine million dollars a year. You're not going to bring him back. I mean, you can't, well, I mean, you can. But you're not going to bring him back for what the Jets signed him for. So think about how long he sat out there in the free agent market before he was finally signed and then brought to the Jets for $1.3, $1.4 And he'll play a bigger role for the Jets than he probably would play for the Saints. I mean, the Saints, obviously, Dennis Allen thinks Pete Werner is ready to be the starter. You're not going to bring a guy back who was, who was a starter for you for a few years and give him $1.3, million, because, A, he's not going to sign with his old team for $1.3, million, even if it would be a hometown discount. I mean, that's beyond a discount. It just it, it wasn't a fit. And besides that, Kiko Alonso, <clears throat> just because they're bringing him back to add depth at linebacker doesn't mean he's going to make this team. He hasn't played in two years. So I wouldn't... I wouldn't uh, get too fired up about that. I think he's got an uphill climb to make this team. Now, if you're going to make this team anywhere on this defense, because this defense is deep and potentially a top three, top four, top five defense, if you're going to make it anywhere, it's going to be a linebacker. That doesn't mean you should bring Quan back. I wouldn't have been upset if they brought Quan back for for cheap, but at the same time, I you can't. It's tough. I mean, a guy in the locker room who was making eight, nine, ten million dollars last year, and now is making one point three four, one point four million in your locker room to basically be a backup. It just doesn't happen. So I, that that's where we are with that. But we're going to talk about it, Doug with it. A, we're going to talk about that with Doug. Get my words straight on this Friday morning. And then we'll wrap up the show. I told you it was going to be a short show today. You made it through my entire monologue, boys and girls. I'm proud of you. Now let's get to the guest who's way more important than me. Welcoming into the Datitude Podcast on this Friday morning, our good old friend Doug Mouton, sports director at WWL-TV. And, you know, before we get started, Doug, you know, I gave you a lot of grief last year and going into this baseball season. And I kind of touched on baseball in my monologue. So I just haven't been as into it this year. I'm not making any excuses, but you're kicking all of our asses right now. And I got to give you your props because I certainly gave it to you when I was doing well. I am doing everything. I've been in this league, the Billy Rainey league for 21 years. I have never finished in the cellar and I am in, 
drastic dire straits. Oh, wow. It, it could be the first time I ever finish in the cellar. I've won three out of the last four years. <laughs> and I'm just, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's kind of disgusting to me, but you're running away with the thing, and I got to give you your props. Well, it, it, look, it's not over yet. I, I, it's been good so far. I got a bunch of injuries, but uh, I, I'm in decent shape right now, but there's still like 60 games to go. Now I want the season to end because I'm, I'm, I'm comfortably ahead, but it's not comfortable. I remember being there. Um, I remember, please let the season end this week, and then it all works out. I think you got a big enough lead, but kudos to you. You're in like 98 leagues, and I don't know how many you're in first in, but good job. Congratulations. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Let's talk about the uh, New Orleans football saints. And, um, you know, kind of talking a little bit this morning about there are the dog days of summer with baseball. And if there is such a thing in football, I know it's not supposed to be until like October, November, but really for me, it's, it's now. Cause once football season starts, there's no dog days. Every week's exciting. Uh, it, it just, it goes on. You don't know what ends up. You start September and the next thing you know, it's Christmas. And so that's how our lives work as, as sports writers and sports reporters. Um, but really no news. If you're a saints fan, no big news. And there, there is some news that we're going to talk about, but no big news is good news right now. Yeah, no question about it. And look, I'll say this right off the bat, Jim, the start to this training camp has gone about as perfectly as the saints could have ever dreamed day one mike thomas is back and i gotta say by day seven mike thomas i we haven't seen him do anything real yet but from what i see mike thomas looks like mike thomas which is a great thing um marcus may back immediately Taysom hill came back i guess he's the one guy that's a slight question the saints made it a point to say this new thing wasn't his foot he got hit in the ribs and they when he got hit, they said, it's not a big deal. He's going to be back. Now, it's been four days since that. So you want him back. But all of the guys, Jameis Winston looks better than he did. I'm talking about physically. Just his movement skills look better than they did in minicamp. All of the injury news has trended the right way. Look, with Mike Thomas, until he came you can hear me knocking on wood. You could <laughs> not believe it. Right. Because last year it was, oh, it's going to be good. He's going to be – and then it never happened. But now you're actually seeing it with your eyes. So, yeah, knock on wood, the start of training camp has been about as perfect as any Saints fan could ask. Yeah, and to me the the biggest news of the week is Teran Matthew comes back to camp. Uh, you know, I, I was not joking but kind of – mocking some friends of mine i had some the rumor mill was swirling that Teran matthew something big was wrong with him and you know he he's personal reasons he's not gonna play he's gonna quit and blah 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 and you know at first i just completely brushed him off but i guess when you you don't show up for for a week at training camp you start wondering a little bit is there more to it it was great to see him back on the field on thursday 
Right. And he, and he looks great. It, it wasn't any injury thing. But, yeah, I heard the same thing, that he – not that he was going someplace else or that he was unhappy with the Saints, but that he might just retire from football, um, which would stink because he obviously, if you watch him, still has a lot of football left in him. And, yeah, he, he's back out at practice saying all the right things, the, the big Tyron Matthew smile. Like, it's all back. Like I said, literally everything has trended the right way. Now, that could change in a snap – at any point, but for now, knock on wood, every single thing has trended the way you hoped it would trend. Yeah, and none of us know what the personal matter is, and it doesn't matter. It's none of our business, really. Uh, but like Rod Walker was talking about uh, this morning, it, it it was great to see him back, and you talk about the smile, but to me it was just as great to see some of the captains on this team and the big names on this team backing him up and – Demario Davis having his back, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, obviously his teammate at LSU. Um, to, to see them backing him was 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 great news. Yeah, and you, you mentioned Michael Thomas. I found it interesting. Uh, Chris Olave talked a couple of days ago and went on and on about how much help Michael Thomas has been and how behind the scenes he's been a great influence with him, um, even from the moment he was drafted. No, no, it's an Ohio State, Ohio State connection. But – I think a lot of us perceive Michael Thomas as sort of this lone wolf that's not connected to the team that's sort of out on his own. And we've had some evidence in the last couple of days that that's not really the case, that he is doing a lot of the things you would like him to do to be sort of an integrated unit. Doug Mouton of WWL TV here with us on the Datitude podcast this morning. And, uh, yeah, I was joking with with Dunk last week about uh, Trevor Penning, and he was talking about the the over under on when he was going to get in his first fight was a week, and said he was taking the under, and it was a joke. And now Trevor Penning's been in two fights. I mean, is this the three fights? Is this the next Kyle Turley? Yeah, I think, yeah that's exactly what I said at work. Um, somebody said uh, uh, Tom Plunchett, who's our our web guy. Um, and just does a brilliant job. Uh, Tom says, uh, you know, I kind of like him being a little nasty. I don't mind. And I said, yes, but he can't be Turley. Like that's <laughs> like that, literally that's I, 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 he and I were texting back and forth like three days ago. And that was my exact line. But you can't be Turley because Turley became a distraction and a problem. And, and there, there wasn't there was a, a disconnect where he, he was sort of out on his own. No, look. He does it with Peyton Turner first. Uh, Peyton Turner is a first-round draft pick. You push around Peyton Turner, and Peyton Turner is going to push back. And then the next day, it's JT Gray. JT Gray has been to a Pro Bowl. JT Gray's been around for a few years, and he's a special teams guy. Which means he's he's going to be tough as heck. So he pushes JT Gray after the play, and you know what? JT Gray is going to push back. And then the third day, three days in a row, the third day it's Malcolm Roach, who. Look, Malcolm Roach had a really good season last year as a defensive tackle. He's a kid from Baton Rouge, uh, undrafted free agent, but was a good player last year and has looked good in camp. And he's going to get a lot of snaps, but he's not going to take it either. Like, like you're not going to push these guys after the play. You're not going to be over aggressive without them pushing back. And Malcolm Roach put back. And that's when sort of both benches emptied. This was at the indoor facility. And when I say that, Jim, Ricardo, 
Lacom, who I worked with, was standing next to me. And we thought we saw some of the guys on the edge of the bench emptying, like laughing. Like, like it wasn't a, it, it wasn't going to become a, this wasn't going to be a free for all. This wasn't the Dodgers or the Giants. This was the Saints <laughs> and the Saints. But it got to the point where three days in a row, Dennis Allen threw him out of practice. And actually, we couldn't tell because. Look, it's the indoor facility. Our view isn't very good. And Trevor Penning's a huge dude. So we saw Penning's back pushing on somebody. And Ricardo said, I said, who do you, who was it? And Ricardo said, I think it's David Onyemata. And I said, there's no way. Because David Onyemata is just not that yeah. guy. David Onyemata is like that. But maybe he is. Because he's also a, a terrific vet. And it wasn't. It was that the 97 had gotten so crumpled up and get pushed around that it looked like night. And so as soon as we saw him walking, I said, no, no, that's Malcolm Roach. It's not David Onyemata, which made a lot more sense. And he threw him out. And then after practice in the huddle, and it's the indoor facility, there's a lot of disadvantages of watching a practice in there. But the one advantage is, is that it is super quiet right. in the indoor facility. Like, yes. you can hear everything. And Dennis Anwar was addressing the team in, in the you know, and now look it's 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 a crazy sized huddle because it's ninety guys in a huddle so this huddle is enormous and Dennis Allen is screaming and it's not for broadcast use and it is <laughs> and he was clearly not happy and I had asked him two days ago I don't know why but I find myself using the word problematic a lot like when Tyron Matthew came. You know, it was out seven days. I said, is this getting problematic? And then, but two days before that, I had said, is, is Penning's uh, extracurricular activity problematic? And he said, no, no. And then this day, it, by day three, it was problematic. Because now what's happening is it's getting in the way of them getting real work done. And, and it's to the point now where this is like a teaching moment where we're throwing you out. This is not acceptable. Like they want Penning and look, it's the same thing. They want with CJ Gardner Johnson. They want Penning to the edge of the cliff with his toes on the cliff from an aggressiveness standpoint with CJ Gardner Johnson. It's from a trash talk standpoint Right to the edge of the cliff, but don't go over that cliff. And, and if you go over that cliff, it's on you. And so that's, I think, that's the mindset with Penning. They want to use every ounce of the aggressiveness, but you can't fight after the play. That's 15 yards, and that would have been 15 on Penning every time. And the same thing with C.J. Gardner-Johnson. You want them, you want him taunting to the edge of the cliff, getting people's heads, don't get the penalty. And actually, C.J. Gardner-Johnson has sort of mastered that ability, and they're trying to get Penning. Well, the good news is that if he is becoming Kyle Turley, the Saints don't play the Jets this year. So there'll be no Jets helmets being thrown. Uh, so we won't have to worry about that. <clears throat> you know, I guess in a, in a way, in camp, like you say, you don't want somebody to pick up a 15-yard penalty when they don't need to. And C.D. Deuce is the best, and I still call him C.D. Deuce because I just think that's a fantastic name. C.D. Deuce is the best at getting in people's heads without getting a penalty. I don't know how he does it. It's so amazing. Maybe maybe Penning can learn something, but to have this chip on his shoulder to come in this young, this rookie, I, I, I know that in the grand scheme of things, it's probably not good. To, you got to control your emotions a little bit, but I love to see that he ain't scared. No, no, no. And it, it is good. It is. It, it's good if you can get to the cliff and stop. 
If he right. kills a drive with a 15-yard penalty, uh, look, one drive in an right. NFL game might be the – you get like nine possessions a game. And one ridiculous personal foul, I mean, you know that, will, will kill a drive. If you kill – uh, you know, one of your nine chances to score in a game, that's completely unacceptable if you do it by your own over-aggressive goofiness. But, yes, look, he, he's not intimidated. You certainly see the athleticism. I mean, he is – you look at this offensive line, it is an incredibly athletic offensive line. I mean, when I say athletic, I mean just foot speed, you know, uh, uh, feet ability, hands ability. Um, the offensive line, he got four first-round draft picks if he's the guy starting, and he's not the guy starting yet. I do think he will eventually, but it's an incredibly athletic offensive line, and he's athletic as any of them. Um, but, yeah, he's he's definitely got something to learn, but that's his personality. He's going to be – he's not going to be Ryan Ramchek. Ryan Ramchek mauls people every play and dominates consistently, and – I don't. I've never seen Ramchek after the play with something like that, and I've seen betting three times in a week. <laughs> Doug Mouton shows you why he wins a fantasy baseball. He's bringing out the numbers. He's saying nine drives a game. He, he probably knows that it's more like <laughs> nine point four six drives per game. Uh, you know, <laughs> analytics dude here on the Data Two podcast this morning. That's why we have him on, folks. He, he knows the numbers. I mean, he, he knows what they are, and he knows fifteen yards is a killer. Um, you know, but I, I do like saying it, and, and it's good to say. And I think there's, you know, James Hurst has done a fine job, but I, I think it would be a surprise if Trevor Penning doesn't win the job at left tackle. Uh, now, do you so, know James Hurst last year, Jim? The, the, the James Hurst started the year as the sixth offensive lineman. James Hurst played the second most snaps of any Saints offensive lineman. And James Hurst played a lot. And James yeah, Hurst but then they have like 14 linemen that played during the season. They did. And you know who played? The, the most snaps scored from the Saints offensive lineman last year was Cesar Ruiz. He okay. did not have a great year. James Hurst was second. And you know who was third in snaps played? Calvin Throckmorton. I was going to say, Throckmorton had to be up there. Throckmorton was your seven, and he played the third most snaps of anyone. I, look, you talk about the many reasons why. You went off the rails last year, although they were nine and eight, which is crazy. Right. Like, which is why you're optimistic. Yeah. That's a perfect example of why, why if you're a Saints fan, you're optimistic because right. everything that could have gone wrong on the offensive side of the ball did. Right. I mean, you right. know, I think it was the second most players used in NFL history uh, right. yeah. in, in a season. You and know, look, so. Rock Morton is a good player too, and and actually, it's it's one of the things that's most encouraging about this year. Rock Morton again is your number seven, and maybe your number eight because Landon Young, last year's six round pick, looks good, back, not great, but good, backing up Ryan Ramchek at right tackle. Right now, it looks like this offensive line goes eight deep, and what we, and maybe more, but but eight don't look bad at all, and seven look good. Obviously, from what we've seen, you're going to need them, and. Offensive line is a position, you know, if you play James Hurst, you're going to be just fine. Penning gives you way more upside, but the offensive line at this point is is definitely a positive. We just need to keep those guys healthy. For old people out there, uh, where's Dick Van Patten when you need him? 
Because eight maybe is enough. I mean, right. I mean right, yeah, hopefully. Anyone under the age of 50 has no idea what the yeah, hell I'm no, talking right. about. That's okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll I make a on. lot of references that most people at work don't get. Yeah, Yeah, and then you, you, you make them on TV and people are like, what the hell? Oh, I try hard not to make them on TV. I try <laughs> hard not to be the old guy on TV. I'll say that. I'm well, making a point to not make those references. I'll just say our <laughs> outro song today Um if you're not over the age of probably 45, it, it'll be a shame that they don't know what the song is. And I'm not going to give no spoiler alerts, not going to give it away, but it's going to be a shame because a lot of people under the age of 45 won't know what the hell the song is. All right. Uh, I want to talk about the, the talk of camp so far. And to me, uh, Paulson Adebo, I mean, it, how can you not love what you've seen? And I know it's only a week camp. And I said this, you know, after a couple of days of camp, we had our show Monday, and all we were talking about was Paulson Adebo. And but now you're a weekend, and he's still making play after play after play. Uh, you got to like what you see so far, and if this second year guy can come in, if he can be that guy that stands on the other side from Marshawn Lattimore, and be that imposing threat that they need in the defensive backfield. I mean, this could be huge for the Saints. Yeah, and, and the thing about Adebo, and now look, I will say this. He has been extremely aggressive, um, and, and I don't – that's one of the questions I asked Dennis Allen a couple of days ago is, is his aggressiveness problematic, do you think? Meaning is he – you know, would some of these drug PIs? And he said no. He said, he said he's playing right on the edge where we want him to right now. But the thing about him is even on the one-on-one drills, and when they run wide receiver DB one-on-one drills – I would say the wide receiver probably has a at least a 75% edge. You should be it's a one-on-one. They'll get no help. There's no pass rush. You should have a 75% edge against that DB. And I'm making up that number, but I think that's about right. And and a Debo, no matter who he's on, there is virtually no separation ever. And he is with that, and he's making plays consistently in the one-on-one. Now, guys have caught some one-on-ones against him, which you would expect, but even when they do, the separation is never there. And that's, to me, that's what I always look for. There was actually, like, at one point, there were three plays in a row where Dejon Dixon made a catch, sort of in traffic, and then Kurt Merritt made a nice move to get a little bit of separation and make a catch. And then Charvis Landry comes up against Bradley Roby, who's at a good camp, and makes a move on Roby, and he, next thing you know, he's got six yards between he and Roby because he's Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry is the guy to me that has quietly had the best camp because every day he just shows you he's Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry has been one of my favorite football players since he was at Lutcher. I mean, of my lifetime. Like, I just love the way he plays and his attitude and his just everything about the way he plays the game. I love it. He's quietly had a really good camp, but Paul Zinedebo has been terrific. Marshall Lattimore had a great year last year and Bradley Roby has been good. So that's a threesome Without question, that is the biggest story of camp. I mean, if you just talk about from a foot, I mean, the biggest story of camp is that Mike Thomas is running well. That's the biggest story because that's the most important thing. Um, but but the, just from a pure football, which you've seen at camp, you know, who's risen, who's it's Paulson Adebo and how good those cornerbacks look. Because in the end, you know, it's modern football with as many times as people pass and you, you, you gotta have you gotta have DBs and you gotta have a bunch of them. And I tell you, the fourth guy who has looked good is Alante Taylor, the rookie second rounder. Yeah. 
looks legit. He's the same. You see, you see in him a lot of what you see in a Debo in the body type. Alante Taylor's big um, and and long and physical and has made a bunch of really nice plays. And and the great thing is you don't need him to play the way you needed Paulson and Debo last year. But Debo was terrific last year, and he looks like he's taking a step forward. And like I'm talking a Pro Bowl step forward a week into camp. Now, it doesn't mean anything yet, but, man, you are seeing stuff with the Debo that, that is just really impressive. Well, you know as well as I do that when uh, opponents and some of the opponents the Saints have this year are just super – I mean, it, it's going to be it's gonna be a tough year going against some top-notch receivers. But if you can get some safety help with Lattimore – on the number one receiver, a lot of times the number two receiver is left one-on-one. So, I mean, if a Devo can do his job and cover the guy one-on-one, that gives you that much more safety help and, and, and coverage in the backfield and cuts down big time on the big plays allowed. I look, I, I, I guess the one question right now, if you look at the secondary, is, uh, is C.J. Gardner-Johnson uh, wanting a new contract, willingly take himself out of some drills, uh, Dennis Allen didn't want to talk about it yesterday. He said he's going to let them work it out. Um, I, I don't think that's going to be a problem long term. I, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to get a contract. Look, I, I looked it up. There's a website called Sport Track that right. everybody There's uses for, for right. contract. He's the 104th highest paid defensive back in the NFL. Wow. 104. Right, and and this is, a, this is a guy who's done a terrific job. Now, does he deserve to be top ten? No, he's not Marshawn Lattimore. He's a slot corner, but does he, does he deserve to be one hundred four? Obviously not. He's uh, he's still working on his rookie contract, and he he was not a first round draft pick. So that's sort of where you are. Now he'd be in line to get a big contract after this season. He's hoping to get some now. And look, from a Saints standpoint, if you can do it. And this has happened way more in baseball in the last seven years or so than in football. If you can, it, like what what the uh, the Tampa Bay Rays did with Wander Franco, if you give them the big contract before they're due the big contract, you can actually give them a, you know a fairly good contract and they'll take it. And you want up getting them. You know, you pay too much in year one, and then you get a bargain in years two, three, four, and five if you can do it. So from the same standpoint, if they can do a contract now that's not full-priced because he's getting it a year early, maybe there is some logic to doing it. The Saints have not been the team that's done that, but we'll see. He's going to push him, and, and, he, and he's worth it. And what he means to that defense, look, we've all seen it. That defense feeds off of his energy sure. and his <laughs> His just everything about. Him. I mean, he's he's. If you if you don't look at him and smile, if you're on his team, then you know. I mean, it's football, and he plays. And he's a tough-nosed football player who has a crazy ability to to get in other people's heads. He has incredible, and he's a terrific slot corner. He creates chaos at the line of scrimmage when you leave him there. He's worth it. I don't know how that plays out. I don't think it's going to play out problematically, but. We don't know yet. There you go, using the problematic word. Uh, right. That is oh, the, yeah. P, the P word of the week, problematic. Uh, it's, certainly it's mine because, yeah, Adebo's been good, but, man, he's been on the edge. And <laughs> Trevor Penning's been aggressive, but, man, he's been on the edge. Like, when does the edge be- – and, I look, I asked him with, I asked Dennis Allen two days ago about Tyron Matthew. When does his absence become a, a, become a problem? And he said, we're not there yet. And it, it wasn't. 
But yeah, it's, it's when <laughs> when when you lose four offensive linemen, that's problematic. And the Saints haven't had anything truly problematic yet. Well, usually the karma gods work themselves out, and if they do this year, then there'll be very few injuries. I mean, every team has them, but uh, you can't go through what you went through last year and expect to be no, in the running to be a really good football team. You know, um, that's funny. You said the karma gods. I was talking to Chris Franklin yesterday, and, you know, it's been a mercifully quiet Don't say uh, it. Hurricane Don't season. say said, it. You know what? If Don't say it. Gods, if there's karma gods, we're going to have this season where we don't even get a threat because we have earned one hurricane season to, for no. me not to be standing in Plaquemines Parish in a uh, rain. Exactly. I mean, I don't want to have Chris Franklin on the Datitude podcast. That's I bad. Do, do not. Probably I love bad Plaquemines Parish, but I do not want to be standing on TV. If you ever see me on TV standing in Plaquemines Parish in a raincoat, whether I'm smiling or not, I am yeah. not. I grew I up. Know, I grew up about eight blocks from Plaquemines Parish, so uh, yeah, I, you know, well, I love it. like I said, I love it. But man, Hurricane, yeah, Doug, we need you in Puris. Oh, yeah, I'm okay with p words. You can't say h words on this show. What? We don't oh, say hurricane. No, yeah, I, we don't. We don't say that on this show, especially yeah, not in August. We well, can talk about that on October. Gods, and when I'm thinking of the karma gods, that's what I come back to. It's like preseason. At this point, preseason and hurricane season to me are, are like married. Like I can't separate them. It's well, like we're working on a Saint special, and then I have to go to the Mandeville Lakefront because there's a hurricane coming. Just, like, just tell gonna... tell Chris Franklin that if we have any more Ida's or whatever, that we're going to treat him like like we treat the Supreme Court justices, <laughs> and we're going to go protest in front of his house. Just let him know. That's what's going to happen. I will. If, if I, there I, are any I'm hurricanes. buying him bottles of bourbon to keep him happy. Trying to appease the karma gods. Hey, if that's what it's, t- that's all it takes. I'm going to go out and I'll buy some makers right yeah. now and ship it to him. Give me his address. Mm-hmm. All right. Th- there, there is something else I want to talk about Saints wise before I let you go. And uh, I got, I went, I had an interesting text with my know-it-all 24-year-old son yesterday. Oh, wow. uh, back and back and forth. But it kind of goes with what a couple other people have Saints fans have been been talking about. And uh, I mean, when I say know-it-all, I mean. He, he, he actually said he knows more than a guy who's been in the business for 32 years, the head coach of the New Orleans Saints, and the general manager of the New Orleans Saints. That's where I'm going with this. Well, no, okay. no, I will say this. There's something about being 24 years old where many 24-year-olds think that they have hit the apex of knowledge yes. on a yes. variety of subjects. Oh, and he hasn't hit the apex yet. I mean, he yeah. knows it all, but he's going to know more than all. Oh. I mean, that's where he's at right now. He, he, right. He, no, I get it. I get he's going to no, be no. there real soon. I know what it's like, those, those magical years. Between, I know you do. By the time you get to be about 27, you realize that you really don't know anything. Yeah. But 24, you're still in the I know it all region of your life. Right. And then when you hit like 30, you you, you start admitting that you're really. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, you that, start knowing it. At, yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. And then by right. 40, you really. By 40, you start to learn things, I think. And yeah. by 50, you give up. <laughs> you really do know it. You just don't care anymore. You, right? just, you really don't. I mean, we, we talk yeah. about it all the time. I mean, those who don't know out there, have a 24-year-old, an 11-year-old, and a 6-year-old. And the 6-year-old would just, oh, just let her play in the street. Let her play with magic. <laughs> It doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> but anyway, so the 24-year-old and I are arguing about he 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 loves Quan Alexander. Okay, so he's talking out when I'm telling you they're not going. I keep telling him they're yeah. not going to resign Quan. They're not going to resign. So he sends me this big old long text, pissed off because 
They signed Kiko Alonso, who may not make this team. No, he probably won't. There's a good yeah. chance that he doesn't make this team. But right. he goes, how can they sign Kiko Alonso and not sign Quan to the same deal? And I try to explain to him, you're not going to sign a guy who is making eight, nine, ten million million a year, it, it, even if it's just on principle, the thing, to a $1.3 or $1.4 million contract that he's, that he's got with the Jets that took forever for him to get. I mean, right. so, yeah. so tell, the, tell the Saints fans out there and, the, and some of the numbskulls, there's a reason why Quan is not a Saint and is a New York Jet, and Kiko Alonso is here. Again, probably not going to make this team. Yeah, Kiko Alonso is a veteran's minimum. Kiko Alonso right now is the – maybe the 80th guy on the roster trying to get to 53. Um, and Kiko Alonso, my bet would be that he won't make the roster because he's not, he'd have to be the special teams guy. Your linebackers, if they're not starting, they'd better play every right. special. Okay. Um, I thought from the beginning, a friend of mine, Glenn Boyd, uh, one of my best friends from my days at WGNO, was texting me, hey, he's a loves Quan Alexander. Why the heck aren't they re-signing Quan Alexander? And I said, they're not going to. And this is long before training camp. I mean, this right. might be soon we had this conversation. I said, they're not going to re-sign Quan Alexander. He's like, he's still out there. They, they can still go. They're not. First of all, if you watch the Saints last year, okay, first of all, they, the Saints play two linebackers almost exclusively. They rarely play three. Almost every defensive snap is two linebackers and five DBs. DeMario Davis plays 100% of your defensive snaps. So you've got one linebacker spot where people are playing. And if you watch the Saints last year, Pete Werner got better and better as the season wore on. He has uh, he has a really nice ability to always wind up around the football. He's a super smart player. He's long and athletic. He is the prototype, maybe not the prototype, because Quan Alexander was sort of the first prototype. But he's he is in the Quan Alexander mold of the modern linebacker skinnier, but can run and can play three downs. Quan Alexander was the first. Quan Alexander has been a great player, but Pete Werner was going to be the guy to play that second spot. That was never in doubt from the end of the season. And if you watch the last six or eight games of the year, you could see it. It was always going to be Pete Werner. So now you're looking for linebackers who can come in and play, but now your linebackers have to be your best special teams players. And that's not Quan Alexander. You're also talking about a team where you were pushing the salary cap to the edge and you had to make some tough decisions. So a guy who's going to be a backup cannot make more than the veterans minimum. Uh, which I'm sure is what Kiko Alonso is getting. So, and Quan Alexander was not going to come for the veterans minimum. So you would have a guy making too much money that would not be on the field and is questionable about whether he can help you in special teams. So a guy named like Andrew Dowell can help you a lot more, A, because he's one-third the price, and B, because he is one of your best special teams players. Um, Caden Ellis can help you more than Quan Alexander because he's one of your best special teams player. And when he when you do need defensive snaps, he's not going to hurt you. Um, so I don't think Quan Alexander was ever in the mix. And the one other thing about Quan, I always took him as a Sean Payton guy. Sean Payton would rave about Quan Alexander the way he raved about – you could tell who his guys were. Alvin Kamara was always a Payton guy. Obviously, he should be. But when he talked about him, he used different words than he would. It wasn't just about him as a player. It was about all the other stuff. He did the same thing with Quan Alexander. So the first thing I always thought was Quan Alexander was a guy that Sean Payton liked having and that I'm not sure if he was a Dennis Allen guy. But either way, on this defense, 
Pete Werner was the guy. The upside is enormous. He's your own draft pick, so he's cheap for two more years. Um, it was never going to be Quan Alexander. That was never in the conversation. The money was too tight and had to be. You're better off with Jarvis Landry for that extra little bit of money than Quan Alexander, and and that would be about what the choice was. And when I say better off, I mean a thousand to one. Your better Jarvis Landry can do more to help this team win than Quan Alexander, in my little opinion. When I, when I send him this clip later on, he's going to give me the hand to the head emoji. That I'm an idiot. Oh yeah, you're you're definitely an idiot. Yeah, yeah. I mean no, I, that that's what it's going to be. You're you're an right. idiot for sure. If, I, mean, I mean, think about it, Jim. If you had the choice to spend your extra money on either Jarvis Landry or Quan Alexander. Is there any oh, doubt? No. Jarvis Landry 100 times over. Jarvis Landry will help every single offensive snap of the season. Quan Alexander would have been – would have played 15% of defensive snaps, maybe. Not just that. You're talking about the, the – not when he's not on the field, uh, what he's going to add. Jarvis Landry is going to so, be the unofficial captain of this. I can tell you right now. Well, I look, and I'll say this too, and, and I, I love talking about Jarvis Landry. When Jarvis Landry was at LSU as a freshman, um, it, he wasn't playing much at wide receiver. He was LSU's best special teams player. And I don't think people really remember that. Like, he, he is the definition of a football player. He's the toughest guy on the field. He, he's, a, he's not the biggest, that's for sure, but no one is going to push him around. And he brings a toughness and an attitude that this offense needs. And I tell you, Chris Alave needs that. Yes. We've seen Chris Alave struggle a little bit with the physicality. Um, now, he's also, we've seen him do a lot of good things. But Chris Alave is not the biggest guy, and he's super smooth. But he needs tough guys next to him. And Jarvis Landry and Mike Thomas are probably the perfect complement to what Chris Alave does from a toughness standpoint. Um, it, Jarvis Landry, if you had that decision, he will help you every snap. Quan Alexander, a great run and a great player, and the first, one of the first prototypical modern linebackers, smaller that can fly and do everything. I love his game, but for this team, it was not a decision. WWL TV sports director Doug Mouton. Final question, observation: uh, We can't go training camp, show podcast, whatever without talking about Alvin Kamara and um, obviously uh, I, the news this week that his trial, I mean, it's very, been very quiet. No, well, no one has talked about this a whole lot, which mm-hmm. is kind of surprising to me. I mean, it gets brought up. Obviously you have to, you, you mentioned in the news that, that his trial was pushed back, his trial date pushed back again. But I've, I'm almost certain now what this does is it pushes back any potential punishment. There's not going to be, a final decision on the on this case. There's not going to be a settlement on this case before the end of this calendar year, which means that Alvin Kamara, I think, an almost certainty now, will not be suspended in 2022. Um, I, I wouldn't go that far. Now, look, they did a 60 day, um, a 60 day continuance. And look, if I don't use the right legal terms, I apologize. I know what it means. I don't know all the terms correctly. 60 days. So, look. I've talked to a lot of lawyers about this, and I did this story when it first happened with Dane Cialino, who's brilliant. And um, there is going to be at some point an agreement between Alvin Kamara and the victim in this case. And when that happens, the DA in a a case like this will drop the felony charges, and there's a settlement, and, uh, and it'll get worked out. The NFL has 
waited until the court case resolves before handing out punishment. That's been just their their operating method. That's just what they've done. They did it with Deshaun Watson. So at some point, this is going to get resolved. The expectation is it'll be a settlement between the two parties. Um, then the NFL uh, will come down with something. I don't know if it's going to be pushed till next year. It's These are groups of lawyers talking about a settlement. They got 60 days now to get it done. And if it doesn't get done, they might ask for another 60 days. There's That, that could happen again. I, I don't... Very few people know the inside of what these lawyers are talking about and when a settlement might come. The settlement comes in the next month. A penalty could come this year. We don't know when the settlement's coming, if it's coming, but we expect that. All right, I know I'm spinning in circles well, here. When um, you when you think a good lawyer would know how to push this thing back to make it so it's not going to happen before the end of the season? Sure, you, if that's your goal. about 21 weeks from now, basically. If that's your goal, but if your goal is to get it over with in a, in a way that works out for Kamara – you know, that, I mean, the goal was to get it done first and to get it worked out and to, to get criminal, you know, felony criminal charges. That's got to be your first goal was to get that out of the way. Um, and lawyers I've talked to are confident that they can do that. But I think that's got to be the first goal. The Saints season or any season has to be second from the lawyer standpoint. First, you got to get him out of the felony out of a felony trial, which hasn't happened yet. That's got to be the first goal. Um, give the lawyer look, a sweet, Doug. Just give the lawyer a sweet. Don't push it back. Yeah. Well, look, here's the thing, the one other side of that. The Deshaun Watson case is the first with the NFL's new method of handing out penalties with this, yeah. which is this independent arbitrator. Everyone expected the arbitrator to give him a year Deshaun Watson. That's what the NFL wanted. The arbitrator gave six weeks or That's six a whole games. Story. That's ridiculous. Well, but it does. It, it is relevant to Alvin Kamara's case because my expectation is Alvin Kamara is this one incident from a guy who's got a track record of great community service and you know community activity. Um, it was one you know heat of the moment fight. Um, Alvin, if that gets six. We were saying Alvin Kamara might get eight. If that gets six, maybe the arbitrator gives Alvin Kamara four. Like, I think that judgment is relevant to the Saints because it is way less than what we would have thought was the norm. This new way gave way less than what we would have guessed is the norm. So maybe this new way gives Alvin Kamara less than we expected. And the NFL is appealing the Deshaun Watson case, but the NFL doesn't want to undermine its own new system. So maybe they appeal to Sean Watson. And if Alvin Kamara is next, you don't want to appeal every time. So maybe, and the difference is this is, video. Maybe this means the suspension won't be as long as we thought. And if he gets four games in the middle of the season, you survive that and you get him back healthier at the end of it. So it, maybe it's not the worst result. Yeah, the difference Does that even is, make sense? Yeah, it makes sense, but the difference is there's video with, with Alvin oh, Kamara. No. Yeah, this is um, in a casino. There's not video. There's 15 cameras of triangulated video. Yeah, yeah this, uh, that, that's yeah, not I good. I dare you to walk in a casino without having eight cameras on you. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening with Deshaun Watson. I don't think he's going to end up getting a whole year uh, like the NFL wants, but I also don't think that it's going to stay six games either. Uh, no, I, I don't either. I, I, I'm reading 
12 seems most likely. Yeah, I think but, that's... But it is interesting. But that's because the NFL appealed it. Would they want to appeal every decision because right. it's undermining their own process? I don't know. There's a lot of layers to this. I would say it's right now, you're right. I, I, a month ago, I would have said it's 95%, 90% that he's going to be suspended this season. Now I'd say it's maybe 60 or 70. You sound more sure that it's not. He, yeah, he's not. They'll give up that. They, they don't want to. You know, this outside arbiter that they're bringing in or this outside, uh, I guess, case here. I don't know what the word. I'm, I'm not. Arbiter. That's I'm the other word, right? West Bank. I don't use good words. <laughs> I'm from uh, the East. Right? There you go. So both of us, we don't use those kinds of words. We try um, to. Just not yeah, I know. Well, I mean, I, my Shaw education comes in handy every now and then. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I just think, I, I don't think that he's not, they're not, they're going to give up on giving him the whole year. I think so. Yeah. But. Eight to twelve games, and of course the Saints play Cleveland at the end of the season, so yeah. uh, he'll he'll be ready by then. But but I, I just don't see how Kamara doesn't get at least six games. I think that's I think that's the floor. I think I guess the floor is four, but four to eight somewhere in there. So even though even with Deshaun Watson getting six, you think Kamara gets more than Deshaun Watson? I think when when if you don't give him six games, that video starts popping up everywhere. Um, I get it, but Deshaun Watson had 24 women testifying against him. Alvin Kamara oh. has one heat of the moment incident. Uh, you have a daughter. I have two. I think uh, we talked about this the other day on the show. My personal feelings don't don't get me started on my personal. No, no, no. Yeah, we're not lawyers either. This but is, but this I'm trying to be realistic, lawyers. right? And I'm trying to be realistic on on what's going to happen. I mean, you don't you don't come out with all those allegations and not some and some of it's. Not, you know, not all of it's not false. Okay. Yeah. That's certainly that way. the way. Yeah. I mean, all of but this is different. This video was my point, you know, yeah, I get it. I get it. And uh, to me, this is less than what Deshaun Watson did. And Deshaun Watson got six. Yeah. That's just me. We'll see. I, I, I think that, um, I, I think the good news, bad news, I, I truly, I think there's an 85 to 90% chance that this, this punishment doesn't, come down until after the season is over. Um, and we'll see what happens. The bad news is then you go into 2023 with your right. top running back, right. although he's a year removed from his prime. So, I mean, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Look, he's, he's still, look, he looks great. At that's practice. what I was going to say. You know, I, I, talking about him, he looks great. He looks quick. He looks on his feet. I wouldn't say a year removed from his prime. I would say we're no, I'm talking about next year. Well, right. I, I think we're sitting on his prime right now. And let, let me say this one thing, just from a yeah, running back standpoint, because they obviously need running backs. The one guy who's jumped out to me is Abram Smith. Um, there's something about his physicality. He's the uh, uh, undrafted free agent from Baylor. Right. Dennis Allen said they thought about drafting him. Um, uh, uh, Jeff Grimes, who's the offensive coordinator at Baylor, they had a great year, and they ran him into the ground um, at Baylor. They ran him a lot. Uh, he's a former linebacker. He looks like a linebacker. He's big and he's strong and he's he, there's a physicality to his game. He he makes nice cuts. I like him. I think he makes the team. I think because he has the physicality to be your best special teams player. Um, all right, you know, among the elite special teams players. Right. So I think he makes the team. He plays special teams. And if Kamara's out, I would not be surprised to see him getting the ball at least a little bit as your 
as your backup option. Mark Ingram has looked good. He's in great shape. But I really like Abram Smith's upside. Um, he's not Kamara. He's a completely different kind of player. But, but, but I've been really impressed with him. I'm really anxious to see him in a preseason game because he runs with a physicality that nobody else does on the team. Well, there certainly is need there. I mean, so, yes. so yes. I mean, he's got, I mean, if you're talking about the most shallow position for this, this team, yes. it, it's got to be line, I'm running back. So if he's, you know, we'll see how he does it next week against the Texans and beyond, because I'm sure we're going to see a good bit of him. Doug Mouton, thank you so much for joining us again, my old friend. And um, I'm sure we'll be running into each other in the, in the prep circles before, before too long. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I can't wait. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a fun start to camp. And, uh, and you know, LSU starting yesterday. Have you ever seen a, more questions on one LSU no. team? Yes. No. It's bananas. And, and uh, Brett Martell from the AP asked Brian Kelly that yesterday. He said, have you ever started a season with more? Basically, Brett worded this a lot smarter than me because that's what he does. Well, uh, smart more questions at this point. And he said, no, great question. I never. He said, usually you say every position is up for grabs and you haven't penciled in starters, but really you've penciled in a bunch of starters. This team is wide open. Yeah, you I mean, got about so, 10 so, guys. Leo Jalari and Keishon Butte. And, and that's about all we know. Yes. The rest of it is a mystery in a way that's going to be interesting to watch unfold. Well, that's a whole another story that we're going to go Almost into very, very soon. But I will say this. If it is August the 5th and you have no idea who your quarterback is, you're probably not in contention to do anything special. Let's just say. I, I think, yeah, well, right. I think, I, think, I think your expectation. You can win seven games. Yeah, I was about to say. You're LSU. To win eight games. You go eight and four, that's a good year. Anything more than that is a great year. And even seven is not a terrible year. Because look, the transfer portal has made has made year one in college football of a new head coach just bananas. And how you win in year one is crazy because you've literally put an entire new team together that doesn't even know each other. And you got one month to get ready for the season. And it won't be long before that first live Eye on the Tiger special. And it will not. We have a a preseason special before the Florida State game, um, which is in New Orleans. Can't wait for it. It's Sunday nighter. Yeah, that Thursday before Labor Day. Yeah, we have have our first. Hopefully we'll have some answers by then. Well, and then, you know, you get your your Eye on the Tiger specials live every every, Every every Saturday. Every time they're on CBS, you can see. Doug Mouton, Ricardo LeCompte, all those guys at WWL. They'll, they'll oh, those, they, look, 2019 will go down as the most fun football. Well, 2009, but I wasn't doing sports then. But 2019, following that LSU team, was the, the blast, the, like the reason that I do this job. Like, yeah, you know, even if they win another national championship in the near future, it, nothing's going to top 2019. I don't think anything ever could. But, and, yeah. and, and, and the – Look, from us, from a TV station standpoint and a personal standpoint, most of those games were on CBS down the wire. Right. And so, we, we, so we're sort of really in there doing specials every week, doing post-game shows live. I mean, and, you know, it was, it was the best of the best of the best. Yeah, it's kind of like 2009 for the Saints, I think, even 
if they win another Super Bowl, it would have to be something yeah. super special to top 2009. So right, I mean, maybe in 20 years, once everybody forgets 2009, it could be. But but yeah, 20 years. There's something about because 2019 was even nothing like the first two, like 0407. It was 10 times. 20, because 20, it's just how dominant they were. I can't wait for us to do Data Tune 20 years from now. I know. I can't wait either. It'll be old and crotchety. All right. Doug Mouton. <laughs> There's no doubt, especially when I send this video to my son. Doug Mouton, <laughs> thank you for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Thanks, Jim. Bye, bye. It seems like whenever I talk to Doug, uh, run a little bit longer than I expect. I always think it's going to be a 20-minute, 25-minute interview, and I've been better at that lately. But when Doug and I get to talking, it just, I mean, I, I, we're just both just motor mouths. It is what it is. Hope you enjoyed it. I think there was a lot of good stuff in there. And uh, Saints camp is moving on again. This will be the last week. We don't have at least a game to talk about. I mean, I, I don't know how much you can talk about preseason games. Uh, when we talk next Friday, we won't be talking about a game that we saw per se. It'll be more along the lines of what we think we're going to see. And uh, next week we're expected to have Catherine Terrell of ESPN. Um, she is going to be coming on with us first time on the show. She was just named uh, Saints beat reporter for ESPN. And um, we've known Kat for a long time. We were colleagues at the Times Picayune for several years. And uh, glad to see she's going back to ESPN. She covered the Bengals for a little while. She was covering the Saints for the Athletic for a while. And now she's back at ESPN. And Well, she's still at ESPN covering the Saints. And she is our scheduled guest for next Friday. We look forward to having Kat on the show. And we look forward to you having a wonderful week. You know, we talked about it in the open. If you're an adult with children, this is an exciting week for you coming up. It's the kids going back to school. And I disagree with Pink Floyd wholeheartedly. We do need education. Maybe I'd be better spoken had I had more education. Well, I, you know, I say that. I mean, I went, I went to college for like eight years. I don't know how much more education I could have taken. But it obviously didn't do me any good. So take that, Pink Floyd. We do need education. And we do need you to come back next Friday and listen to Datitude. Before then, we hope you have a wonderful weekend, a wonderful week. Make sure you check out all of our NFL previews on bet.nola.com. This week, it is the NFC West. We wrapped up the NFC West today with the Seattle Seahawks. Moving on to the AFC North next week before we wrap it all up on September 2nd with your New Orleans Saints. Don't forget to give me a shout. Jderry at theadvocate.com. You can find Datitude wherever you find your podcast on all major platforms. Don't forget to hug the ones you love. The ones you don't, well, that's a completely different story. Peace and love, my friends. We'll see you next week.